Not, not just knowledge, but the wisdom that you can get from God to intersect with the issues that the world throws at us mm -hmm. because of its brokenness and its mm -hmm. difficulties. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And we have a very special guest on the podcast today on the Every Moment uh, His podcast. Uh, we have joining us today the Reverend Dr. President Russ Sommerfeld, <laughs> uh, formerly a pastor here at Holy Cross, but who is now the uh, interim president at uh, Concordia University, Nebraska, uh, a place that's dear to me and to Pastor Tim as well. Absolutely. And so yeah. welcome. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Well, thank you for coming. Sure. Yeah. And uh, we are, are having you drink a cup of coffee out of the sacred dad jokes mug. <laughs> um, and so we ask that you would, uh, of course, keep tradition on our podcast <laughs> and bring us a good joke. Now, I did not know this, but apparently you are um, of legendary fame when it comes to <laughs> Shall we say <laughs> bad jokes? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> groaners, groaners, Unfor knee slappers. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's very true, um, both in the classroom and even in front of a synodical convention uh, on one occasion. So, wow. Okay. When I was a pastor here, uh, uh, because of the affinity for uh, Norwegian jokes here, because Germans aren't funny, uh, we. <laughs> We, we told a lot of Ole and Sven jokes because also of a previous pastor, Dennis Haydn, who started that oh, yeah. tradition. Okay. But now that I'm in an academic setting, I've had to really up my game and uh, tell right. a few academic jokes, you know, to pretend that I am at that level. So uh, I'll offer you one that I tell in my Old Testament class. Okay. I ask the students if they are aware that uh, there are three times in the scriptures when animals speak. And uh, they say no, of course, because they know of two times, you know, the serpent in the fall into sin, speaking to Eve and to Adam. But also, uh, they're aware of uh, Balaam's donkey. They know that too. And I say, oh, there's another time. Right after the flood, uh, God tells Noah to go to all of the animals on the ark and to tell them to go forth and multiply. And so they do, except for two snakes, two serpents. They won't leave. So he goes back to them and he says, look, he says, this is not my word. This is from God himself. Go forth and multiply. And lo and behold, these two snakes spoke. They were male and female. And they said, we can't. And Noah says, what do you mean we can't? And he said, they said to him, well, we're adders. The students in my class, they s half of them get it, you know, right away, and the other half are going, "What well, is what, he what talking about?" <laughs> wow, that wow, that is that is. Oh man, thank you for bringing that out of your arsenal of, yeah. <laughs> of jokes. Yes. We, we've 
I've, we may I've, just send the mug <laughs> home with you. Yeah. Wow. I, I've discovered that, you know, a really good dad joke takes up a lot of someone's time, too. Yes, you know? it does. So like, where's this big, going? elaborate setup. You yeah. hook to the whole way, and then it just delivers that. Oh, yeah, that's my daughter has given me a mug that says, my dad tells the best jokes of anyone, and then it says across the top, fake news. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So um, as we begin here, uh, just uh, first of all, I guess, let's just kind of chart where we're going here in the podcast. Sure. You know, it's first of all, it's great to have you back here at Holy Cross. Uh, a lot of people in our congregation, as they listen to this, will know that the voice, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of uh, Pastor Sommerfeld. Or did you go by Pastor Sommerfeld or Pastor Russ? Or both and. Both and. Okay. Yeah. That's always uh, the question you get when you're a new pastor. What do you go by? Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, but really our purpose today too is to talk about Concordia University, Nebraska, Seward. And this is an institution where Pastor Tim and myself went to undergrad, both of our wives did. And uh, gosh, that university made such a profound impact on my life and I think on your life too. Yeah, really right, did. Pastor Tim? And, yeah. And, so many good things going on there. And so we really just want to talk through your role at Concordia, but also some of the things available at Concordia mm-hmm. and some of the exciting things for the future because we want all of our high school students to know uh, that this is available. And uh, yeah, so uh, you want to just tell us about what your role is at Concordia now? What's kind of a, uh, a week look like for you or a day look like for you? Sure. Well, I came to Concordia in January of 2016 uh, in order to teach. And so I began teaching in the theology department full time and really just truly enjoyed that. And still I still do teach one class right now. But um, in uh, 2019, President Brian Friedrich, who had been our president for 15 years and did just a phenomenal job, Uh, amazing, was called by his alma mater and my alma mater, Concordia St. Paul. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lord led him to take that call. And so the the Board of Regents had said to me, I'd served on the board for 12 years, and uh, they said to me, you know, we want you to be in a contingency plan in case President Friedrich would get ill or get in an accident. And I said, okay, you know, I could step in for a month or whatever. And so I'll always remember the Thursday morning. It was 7 a.m. when the, uh, the chair of the board called, and he said, well, we have a deal for you. This is going to be longer than a month or two. And uh, asked me to uh, serve as interim president. It's interesting. Uh, you ask what a, a, a week looks like for me. Um, every day begins with the leadership team that we have, mm-hmm. uh, six other individuals that I closely work with, who are uh, very gifted and skilled in their areas from uh, academic provost to student life vice president Mm -hmm. uh, to our CFO, uh, who's also our executive vice president, to our vice president of advancement and our uh, vice president of enrollment and uh, marketing. We all come together, plan that day, you know, talk about what we have going on that particular day. And then we're off and running to the various things that go on. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I get to slip in to teach a class, uh, which I really, really enjoy doing. I like to still have, you know, interaction with students. Still in theology. Still in theology. The 
class I teach right now is the Christian Teachers Ministry. Hmm. And uh, this class is for teachers who are going to function as Christians in a Lutheran school or a private school or a public school. And what's it mean to be a Christian in each of those mm-hmm. settings? But then it's, it's just a whole variety of things. And that's something I've always liked is uh, uh, I'm not a big routine guy. <laughs> I, I sort of like all kinds of different things going on. So it might be we're uh, getting ready for... Uh, uh, a series of meetings around our strategic plan like we did yesterday mm-hmm. or it might mean we're getting ready for as we are in a couple of weeks uh, our strategic enrollment consulting uh, work that we're doing right now to boost our enrollment or it might mean that I'm going to be interviewing someone for a position or it might also include uh, the opportunity to work with the student uh, life VP on something that's happened over in the student life area. Uh, I do a lot of communication work uh, with the student population as mm-hmm. well as with the... We don't call our employees employees. Uh, we don't call our... F- we don't separate mm-hmm. faculty and um, staff. We call all of us partners in ministry, you know, mm-hmm. right out of Philippians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And we think of ourselves that way as we function. So I communicate with them every week, uh, uh, once a month, virtually by a town hall, campus mm-hmm. town hall. And communicate with the students every week too, uh, generally by email. Sometimes also, um, you know, uh, online, and uh, then also with parents. I do that regularly too, okay. especially during these COVID days. That's been really important. Oh right, yeah. Uh, hmm. So one of the things that really changed was when COVID came. I mean, what a lovely time to be an interim president. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, all, <laughs> yeah. All at once to have to figure all of that out. Oh, man. But I was blessed. Um, we pointed a team uh, 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 to work on this, and uh, <laughs> I love academic folks. I just love how thorough they are, <laughs> because I put this team of folks together, and I said, okay, here's the things I want you to look at to get us ready to reopen again, because we shut down in March, you know, mm-hmm. 2020, and we wanted to reopen in person in the fall. They came back to me with 192 pages. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and wow. the, then the leadership team and I had the fun of working through all of that oh, man. And, uh, mm. and implementing everything. Uh, so th- It sounds about right, though. I mean, there's been an incredible <laughs> amount of information to digest. Oh. You know, if they're going to do justice, here's your, here's your book. <laughs> <laughs> book was right. Yeah. <laughs> so that gives you a little feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've been open this whole year, academic year. We have. And I think you shared with me in small talk before the podcast that you know, you've got no students infected. I mean, like things are going great right now. I mean, obviously we live in the the ups and downs of this whole thing. I mean, especially in church life, we're just trying to figure this out on a daily basis. But um, what a what an amazing thing that you've been able to have an academic year. <laughs> we 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 are just thanking God, mm. yeah, really daily that mm-hmm. we've been able to do this. And we're very grateful that our students have cooperated so well mm-hmm. with us. We chose right away through this team, uh, we talked about it a lot, because a lot of people were asking us, faculty, students, are you going to have a punitive program where you know, if you don't follow the protocols, you don't wear your face covering, you don't do the distancing, you don't do what, are you going to uh, you know, fine us? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what are you going to do? And we said, no, we're going to operate in a different way. We're going to function according to Philippians uh, 
2, 3, and 4. And we're going to ask you to put the needs of others before yourselves. Mm-hmm. So look out for the other person and always be thinking about that. Now, I will be honest, we're not perfect. But that's been far, far more of a, a good Lutheran Christian way to approach this. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it's why we were able to continue mm-hmm. to function. Now, some of our classes we couldn't do distancing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we moved to wearing face coverings all the time in class. Um, profs are allowed to take off their uh, face covering if they stay 10 feet away from the students. Mm-hmm. So my students always tease me they wouldn't touch me with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, we're blessed. Good. So as you think uh, about your time at Holy Cross here, um, you know, you were pastor here for how many years? For eight years. For eight years. Mm-hmm. And then you took a call to be the district president. Right. And how many years were you the district president? For 12 years. For 12 years. Uh, and so you would have been district president when when I was at Concordia. And yeah, I think that's right. I was. Yep. When you were too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, What's, what are some of your best memories? Uh, I mean, you could probably spend a lot of time on this, so maybe what are, just a couple great memories of, of Holy Cross during your time here. Well, the first one comes right at the very beginning of my, um, my ministry here. Uh, I'll always forever remember it. The only time it's ever happened, anywhere I've gone. Uh, after the installation service, we went into the uh, church hall for the reception, you know, which is typical, normal kind of thing Mm -hmm. to do. And all at once, all of the children, uh, uh, all of them, I mean, and there are a lot here, as Mm -hmm. you well know, gathered around me. And I was (laughs) like, wow, what's happening, you know? (laughs) And then the music began, and they sang for me, uh, welcome to our family. Mm -hmm. And, well, I wept. (laughs) That's amazing, yeah. It was a, a moment that, well, even as I talk to you about it now, it still touches me. Yeah. And it set a tone uh, for my life here at Holy Cross. Um, throughout my years here, uh, the words I would use to describe this particular congregation and uh, were the following, encouragement and compassion. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a district president, I had the opportunity to visit 246 mm-hmm. congregations and to begin to see personalities of churches, which have personalities like people Mm do. And the personality of this congregation is really summed up in those terms for me Mm -hmm. in my time here. I was always encouraged Mm -hmm. um, in my work here. I spent a busy time here. Um, It seems like wherever I go, I, um, well... Uh, I'm a troublemaker like that, you know, because uh, we, were, we were building a building, we were adding staff, we were adding a ministry, uh, we, were, we were trying to keep as many things going as we possibly could during that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to remain encouraged and positive is not an easy thing during times like that. Mm. But these folks did. And uh, the, other, the other one I want to mention is, and this is the only church I've ever experienced this at, when someone would become ill or be coming home from the hospital or have a new baby, uh, people automatically reached out. Mm, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have to tell people to do those kinds of yeah. things. They, they just did. Um, 
<laughs> one day I went over to the uh, hospital to visit, and I was in the ICU, and we had a brand-new cardiologist who had come. And so I intended to go introduce myself, so I went up to her, and I said, Hi, I'm Russ Summerfeld. And she said, Oh, yeah, you're the senior pastor over at Holy Cross Lutheran Church. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, how'd you know that? She said, well, three of your nurses have invited me to church All right. already. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. So those are some, I, I could, yeah, I could go on and oh, on. Sure, You're right, yeah. <laughs> Pastor John. So. Well, and, you know, we, we have just really enjoyed our time at Holy Cross, you know, as we've been here as newcomers. And I would affirm all of what you've said. And then also one of the things that I've just been, amazed by here is generosity just oh. the way that people are so generous yep. like it's pretty humbling because i think in a lot of a lot of times in some churches you know that can be a real struggle mm -hmm. and like when we first got here we needed a new organ <laughs> mm. and the church set the vision and boom it was done yeah. like people just stepped up or even with our ntv ministry like people just are just over-the-top generous, yeah. and that's been really humbling for us. And we almost have to tell them, we, we pump the brakes. You know, <laughs> yeah. like we're going to be on NTV <laughs> until mid-2022 at this point, and that's wonderful. We don't Because now we know we can plan forward, you know, for that ministry. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's like, well, there's, there's maybe other things we could consider. <laughs> you know? How long have you been on now? We started, was it April? It was Easter. Easter. Yeah, Easter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, were we on NTV at that point or live streaming? Our first time was, was Easter. Okay. Yeah. And we lost power. And we lost power <laughs> during when Easter Sunday. When we were live Sunday. streaming, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were, yeah. There was a big windstorm. Yeah, that, that was, that was, was like, intense. <laughs> thanks a lot, 2020. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've that's been really uh, great. You know, it's been a really interesting rhythm for us. And I think we've, we're continuing to think, how can we make this more influential how can we leverage this to, <laughs> to figure out how to connect people to churches and, and really reach out? So I think it's it's become kind of a forefront mission opportunity for us, yeah. too, which is really yeah. cool. That is really cool. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that as people are choosing higher education, um, one of the questions that might come to mind with Concordia is, what is what makes this stand out as a university? Um what would you say is just unique or special about Concordia, Nebraska? We really at Concordia are doing a lot to think very specifically and intentionally about that question. In fact, the vision of our current strategic plan through 2025 is to offer a distinctively Lutheran education in which we can influence the world mm -hmm. and the church. Mm -hmm. And so we really have been giving that a lot of thought um, and we've looked at it biblically also, and we've arrived at four promises that we want to make to our students and their families. The first promise is that when you come to Concordia, you're going to experience a Christ-centered community. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, students from various Christian backgrounds on our uh, our campus community, and we have students who are attracted to us because of certain academic programs or certain athletic or uh, music programs that are not Christian who come. Mm. And so it gives our, our campus community an opportunity to be a missionary community also and relate to those students. 
And so we want to, how we, how we interact with one another in the classroom, in the residence hall, uh, over the lunch table, uh, and, and how we carry out who we are as grace-filled people, mm-hmm. we want that to shape our community. So we make a promise that we're going to do that. The second promise that we make is that we're going to do deep inquiry. Um, we're going to look into the various disciplines that you would look at at a higher education institution, and we're uh, uh, going to go deeply into those because we want to give our students a very strong academic education that will serve them well in the mm-hmm. vocations they go into. At the same time, we want to give them the absolute truths of the scriptures in order to do that level of academic, mm. disciplinary, deep dive. Mm. And so we make a promise to do that. The third one, and I love this one because students tell me how it happened to them. I don't know if this was formative for you brothers, but we, we make a promise that we're going to help them look at whatever vocation God's leading them into is more than a career or more than a job. It gives them a purpose, a purpose in serving their neighbor. And uh, so students will tell me sometimes that they came to the university not really certain of Mm. their purpose, but left Mm. having a deeper Mm. understanding of what that means for them as uh, as students. And then fourth, uh, the promise, and this is the one we want to work on really hard. In fact, one of our faculty members, uh, Dr. Dave Coe, who uh, was a pastor over in Fremont for a good while, great guy, wonderful theologian, has written a book about the wisdom of the Proverbs for college-age students. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to impart to our students the wisdom that, not not just knowledge, but the wisdom that you can get from God to intersect with the issues that the world throws at us Mm -hmm. because of its brokenness and its Mm -hmm. difficulties. And so uh, that's what makes us unique and makes us distinct uh, as a higher education institution. And a lot of that sounds familiar, too. Yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah, when we were there, um, gosh, one of the things that I remember is that not only did I develop a lifelong network of friends and good community and, and all of those good social uh, benefits of, of college. But I also, the liberal arts education that I received allowed me to connect disciplines. So I was taking philosophy with Dr. Reek. I was taking uh, history with uh, Dr. Fiala. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, wow. I <laughs> wow is right. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Fiala, th- I was like, wow, I'm really in college now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll push you. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Um, and, and then I was taking Spanish with Fabi and I was taking all these different classes and I was able to see the way that all these things were not really separate disciplines, but they all interconnect. And all of those classes really mm. kind of supported each other. And, and so I came out of Concordia really excited to learn more. Mm-hmm. And I also came out with a really robust Christian worldview. Like I kind of had a lens through which to assess everything. And, and so for me, that time at Concordia was just intellectually stimulating. Mm-hmm. It, 
yeah. Yeah. I think when I went through, I, I, you're talking about Dr. Reek's philosophy class, but I remember distinctly, I, would, I lived off campus because my wife and I were married pretty early. And so we just lived a few blocks away, but I would bike back. And I remember one day biking back home and just feeling like my head was going to explode. <laughs> that would be your creek. Yeah. Because <laughs> yep, yep. I think we were learning about Plato and I had been doing some deep reading on it. And it was just so like yep. persuasive, you know, like, oh, man, this is incredible. And so I just remember feeling like this is what an education feels like. It just feels like you're being pushed and stretched. And I think I wish I, I feel like now that I'm a few years out, several years out now, I feel like I'm continuing to discover um, the benefits of having that formative time because, you know, I didn't really have, I, I didn't have a super strong Christian worldview mm-hmm. as I went into Concordia. Mm-hmm. And I would say even into seminary, I was still wrestling with some things, but they gave that opportunity to see, you know, like you were saying, how does this impact my life? How does it impact my vocation? And I think that really was a driving factor um, as I continued to grow and eventually made my way to the seminary uh, to continue as a pastor. But uh, yeah, I think I, I just feel fortunate. Mm-hmm. I feel fortunate that I was able to go through that as hard as it was. It, mm-hmm. w- it was a hard time for me as far as uh, finding discipline and routine and getting, getting uh, formed. But that's kind of to be expected, I think. Yeah, yeah to become a young adult, uh, that's right. a young Christian adult. Uh, we really spend time in our faith and life classes. We have, we're working, we're reviewing our gen eds right now, and mm-hmm. we have Old Testament, New Testament, faith and life. And you speak of worldview, and that's an area we really explore. Look at different worldviews, and what makes the Christian worldview so valuable mm-hmm. when you look at it in comparison to other worldviews? And that's a lot of fun in that class. Mm, yeah. One of the things I remember about Concordia is how deeply it formed my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came into Concordia not really being convinced that I was a Lutheran. I was form- formerly a, a member of a Lutheran church, but I, I really didn't buy at all. Like, I would just, it was kind of more non denominational in my mindset mm-hmm. or Baptist. And, and so I came into the spiritual life of Concordia, and that really had a, a big effect on me. And so uh, can you talk a little bit about the spiritual life? Uh, what might a student encounter uh, as he or she enters Concordia spiritually? Sure. Well, there's the informal and more the formal. The informal is how people converse with one another. Uh, you'll find students having conversations in their residence halls, or over lunch tables. Uh, you'll find faculty and students doing the same. And uh, the, the conversations are conversations about Christ and about some of the things we deal with as Christians uh, in our own personal lives. Mm-hmm. And so that that feels um, uh, I- I to be expected, you know, mm-hmm. in the community's life. That's our ethos. That's part of who we are. On a daily basis, uh, from 11 to 11, about 11.30, we have uh, a chapel time. We have a campus pastor who organizes that with a team of students. Uh, and uh, various of us uh, offer uh, messages there. Those of us that are ordained on the faculty do that. But also some of our other uh, faculty members and even some of our coaches and uh, mm. some of the other uh, folks in the 
uh, in the uh, various partners and ministry roles do this. And uh, the first three days of the week are um, uh, really uh, liturgical kind of days. We'll do things out of, out of the hymnal, uh, only shortened forms, you know, because of the mm-hmm. time frame we're dealing with. And on Wednesdays we do still, we're, I, I don't know if we're the only, but we're one of the only Concordias that still offers the sacrament. Oh, uh, yeah. Through uh, St. John's across the street, mm. they supervise mm. that for us. And then on Thursday and Friday, we have uh, student bands who lead us in contemporary uh, services. And uh, I, I really enjoy uh, being one of the uh, chapel speakers. Uh, it's, I find it so different now. When I was district president, I would come over and occasionally be invited to come over. And I always used to joke that the... Uh, campus pastor was asking me to come over and give you guys a good nap, you know, because <laughs> I, I wasn't part of the community. Mm. Now being part of the community, I find it really fascinating to, to uh, be in front of folks during a time of uh, worship like that, because I, I understand more the needs of our mm. community. Mm. Mm-hmm. We also have on Wednesday nights a student-led time called Praise. Oh yeah, that was there when was, we were yeah, there. I yeah. don't know if it was just new or it had been gone for a long time but yeah. I, don't I don't know, know either that. yeah uh, very uh, very um well received by students mm-hmm. um and uh, uh i've been to some of them and uh i remember the one right before break uh we we left early you know because of covid normally we'd be there closer to christmas but we left before thanksgiving so we had a big christmas praise service and mm-hmm. it was just wonderful and the devotional the young student uh, gave was, he's a senior, did a really great job. And they work with some of us on faculty as they prep their devotionals, you Mm -hmm. know. And the music is all they're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a student-led evening. Starts at 9 o'clock in the evening, generally goes to about 10. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also evening prayer for those that really Mm -hmm. like more of a liturgical time. Mm -hmm. That happens over in our music building in the recital hall. Oh, awesome. And that's on Thursdays, so that happens too. So we're doing Holden evening prayer. Oh, uh, I love Holden. (laughs) Wednesday evening Lent services. And uh, our music director, Jolene, has been so great in pulling together a very large group of talented people here at Holy Cross. and, And we had our first Holden on Ash Wednesday. And we learned that at Concordia. That's the first <laughs> yeah, time I ever right. did that was yep. a couple of friends would say, hey, we're going over to the music building and you'd have a flute and a violin and a piano and voices and it's beautiful. So, If yeah. a student is experiencing something spiritual that they're having concern about, they can certainly go to the campus pastor. Mm-hmm. They come to faculty sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they go to folks over in student life. I'm glad you brought that up because that was another spiritual, f- spiritually formative thing for me is that, you know, everybody goes through struggles in college of various kinds yeah. and whether they be intellectual, spiritual, emotional. And, you know, there were times when I would go talk to um, Pastor Reek <laughs> or I'd talk to uh, uh, Professor Blanco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and both of those uh, professors were just deeply formative and pastoral. Mm-hmm. It, it's such a great feeling to know that this professor is not just here teaching because it's his or her job. And they're trying to, you know, achieve academically in their own world and field. Mm-hmm. But these are people who really care about me and I can go talk to them 
and they'll listen to me and counsel me and pray with me. Um, that's, uh, you can't put a price tag on that. I mean, it's just amazing. I always start all of my classes with prayer request time. And then students communicate with me in between if they have prayer needs. And uh, we've, we've had a lot of fun praying for lots of different things. Uh, one, one day I'll always remember this. One of our, our students, oh, he's a great guy. He's senior this year. And uh, he, before class he comes to me and says, I hate to ask you this, but he said, you know, my dog who we've had for years and years and years is probably, we're probably going to lose him, you know. Mm. And I said, he said, can we, you know, pray for my, he said, I think this might seem silly, but can we pray for my family and my dog? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, no problem. And I said, so what's your dog's name? And he says, oh, I don't know if I can tell you. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he says, well, okay, my dog's name is Weirdo. <laughs> 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 and what a great young man. And uh, uh, But also we have very serious prayers. We've had students uh, give me prayer requests in class of a friend back in high school who had just committed suicide yeah. mm-hmm. or of a parent who had just died. Mm. Um, and the support system among these students uh, is very strong. They care for one another. And, you know, college can be such a lonely time, too, oh. an isolating time. and just to have that community is is so valuable. Yeah.